I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome in episode two, Off the Chest, Mike Pecky, Brian Dunseth. If you don't know who we are or what we're about, he's Mike Pecky, Real Salt Lake head coach. I'm Brian Dunseth, the guy you like to mute as you listen to the RSL games. Stop pigeonholing me as just the RSL coach, all right? That's what the whole topic of conversation on the show was. He's Mike Pecky, former MLS player. Uh, he battered and bruised his way through Major League Soccer. Sweater connoisseur. Uh, sweater connoisseur. Bruce Arena impressionist lover of all things good in the world and tribe called quest aficionado my man my name is brian dunseth i'm just the analyst so welcome into the show uh what this is all about if you missed last week's episode and i highly highly suggest you stop what you're doing right now and go back and listen to episode one uh because we we do our impressions of uh one of the greatest all-time coaches in history of the United States, Bruce Arena, um, and Mike Pecky comes in a solid second place. What we are about here <laughs> is not just soccer. We're about getting things off our chest. Okay, I'm going to make a statement then. Okay, let's, let's hear okay? in honor of the greatest musical geniuses of all time, A Tribe Called Quest, Correct. which we don't have the licensing for, mm. so we cannot play here mm. in the quiet it's right now to start the show with no music, I would like to say to my wife at home the following. <clears throat> and everybody could Google this and hear the, one of the greatest hip-hop songs of all time. Oh, boy. Honey, check me out. You got me mesmerized. See you in a little bit, Kimmy. So you say that as though Kim Pecky mm-hmm. has listened to episode one of the podcast. She listens to everything. So what did she say? She listens to what? me in my sleep. She records me in my sleep. I talk in my sleep, by the way. <laughs> and the next day, she plays it for me. And it's all usually gibberish, but yeah. sometimes it's pretty good stuff. Yeah? Yeah. Embarrassing? Uh, not embarrassing, just gibberish, but funny, and you know, yeah, yeah, tactics, <laughs> tactics. You know, who's starting? She knows who's starting it's, before I do. It's like the, uh, it's like the four, it's like the Ford element in the broadcast where Pecky's screaming at somebody. Hey, Ralph Ford, do you like that? By the way, um, there's been a couple of times that, and Tyler's with his hands over his face over there. There's been a couple of times that some things have been on there, and uh, you know that I wish weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was told a very good uh, something very good from upper above's Rob and Craig that apparently if I use the F word, they can't use the ten seconds before the something like that or ten seconds after. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of F bombs thrown out by me during that game just to protect just to protect what I just said or what I'm about. That's to That's amazing yep. because. Oh, yeah. If I if I want to say if I want to say X player is playing like garbage, all I got to say is F X player is playing garbage, and yeah. it's not going to get on there, which is awesome. See, I think you've been, I see, I like it 
And and I applaud you for allowing yourself to be mic'd up. I have no choice. Mm. Well, the element was sold, but you still have a choice. You I'm joking. Say no. I'm joking. Of course, I could say but no. See, but see, I, I, I it's like for the it. Organization, it's good. I, I like it because I constantly, you know, like for me, I see the game from a different angle. Mm-hmm. I obviously do not know exactly what you guys have prepped for all week long. So then when I get a chance to listen to it in the first half and the second half, it either draws my attention to something that maybe I had missed or reaffirms what I am seeing. Or maybe tells me I'm completely full of it. Which <laughs> or, or there's probably, those games that it's literally just saying, step up, drop yeah. back, you know, which is not extremely tactical. But but fans don't get that. No. Fans don't get that. No, I agree. So and, I, I, I applaud you because that, that could have been... Uh, I think it would be awkward because you, you almost have to be like in your own head at times that you're genuine. You're, you're one of the most genuine people that I know. But you almost, you almost have to be in your head a little bit knowing that you, you can't completely forget about the fact that you're mic'd up. Because Brian, that camera's I completely like, forget. Really? I, on, on my life. And you just know the camera's 10 feet away from you. I completely forget I'm mic'd up to mm-hmm. the point that when I come into the locker room at halftime, if it's not going well, I mean, me and the coaches are... Going for it. Are yeah. going at each other. We're going at it. We're trying to figure out, all right, we're going into the locker room in three minutes. All right, we're going to be on the blackboard talking about, you know, diagramming. This is what we saw. This mm-hmm. is what needs to change, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I'll come at the end of the game when Delia or Tyler comes against the microphone, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. This was on the whole time. I mean, there could be blackmail material on there, to well, be quite right honest there. with you. I know. He, he knows. I know. And, and you know, Tyler. Clear everything. You clear everything, but Tyler, you you know what I want before before next game, before Friday. This is this is funny. You brought this up. I want a confidentiality agreement that you guys draw up that I know that I could sign that there's nothing that could be used to blackmail me to do out of this and that. Okay, work on that. Because like Richard you're right, Keys of the BBC, that I have this on. Yeah, I mean, there's been times I'm in the bathroom at halftime. And you hear the flow going, and I'm just sitting there singing. I'm You're singing Foo Fighters, a Tribe Called Quest, or I'm singing, "It's gonna be a happy day." It's like Calm naked down. gun, Na- naked yeah. gun with Leslie Henderson. I mean, I talk to myself, you know. God, I gotta pick up milk tonight, guys. Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, do you want to know the reaction from our Bruce Arena impressions? I know what the reaction is without even seeing it, hmm. because you're so you're so gleeful. You've been talking about this for the last hour. Let me guess. You are overwhelmingly the better impressionist. So I'll start with <laughs> 10 minutes in, and Pecky's Bruce impression is way better than yours, and I would vote for that in any poll. Please tell him that since he has his back. Listen, loved it, informative, funny, irreverent. That will be a subscription. Cincy, I'll tell you right now, if you ever come around my neck of the woods, I got a beer for you, okay? And just make sure my turkey <laughs> sandwich is ready. <laughs> <laughs> so really, I got a, I got a little I got plaudits there. Right? Um, here's a follow up, uh, John from Salt Lake City. Pecky's Bruce impression sucks. S U X. That's that? not true. I just I wrote that, that in there. You just wrote that. I just wrote that one in there. Reaction from fans. Pecky's Bruce Arena sucks. I know you were you were checking the poll all week and checking social media. No, it was good. You so, you, you were pretty proud of yours. I was, yeah. I'm genuinely proud of, of what I've done. So, uh, a, a, as always, and, and just a quick reminder to everybody, uh, if you want to get on the show, want to ask us a question, contact us by sending a voice memo on your phone, sending it to digital at rsl.com. Voice memo, phone, send it, digital at rsl.com. Ready? Rapid fire. Ready? 
You have three seconds to answer. Okay. Best Def Leppard album ever. I don't know. Come on. Pour some sugar on me. That's not an album. It's, it's, it's a great song. Though. Hysteria. Great. Great. Hysteria. Great song. Yeah, that's a good. One. At one hundred and one singer. Great. Great suggestion. He wanted me to. Mike, please say Def Leppard record on yeah. air. And I, you no, know, these I questions to, are for you, not for me. Well, I had to put a question into that for you. I'm not just going to be oh. like Def Leppard album. Well, Def here, Leppard album. Here we go. Um, Hysteria, Columbus, Easton. Is this six degrees of separation? What are we doing here? Eric Denton Eric on Denton. the bar, <laughs> oh. getting sprayed down by the male bartenders. Well, that's that makes sense knowing Eric <laughs> on Denton. So many different. And levels. you know him better than I do. I played him with him for two years <laughs> in Colorado, and it was always a coin flip if Eric was going to show up at training the next day. <laughs> by the way, best night of your life, even though you were going to end up probably two hundred in the red. Just yeah. hanging out with Eric Denton. Oh God, yeah. I mean, you 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 were going to end up two hundred in the red, I and f- maybe punched at some point during the night, but it was going to be amazing. I have filled out um, a living will, not signed by an attorney, not what do you call that, notaried, yeah, no- notarized. notarized, just something to have in my pocket. If you're you with know, Eric, in, in case something happened uh, <laughs> unexpected that someone could find it and put it into play. So, one on one singer, great. Yeah, that that was actually really really Hysteria. What, what what else they got for you? Oh man! All right, how about this one? Uh, this well, no, no, let me let me stick with one on one singer because that was a pretty good one. All right, this is for you. Okay. Which supporters were the meanest slash funniest with the visiting team as an active player? And that's for both of us. But so for you. I I would go old school Dallas Burn Dallas mm-hmm. Burners. Were the uh, what the meanest or the funniest? No, the, well both the meanest and the funniest all in one. There was a heckler behind the bench at the Cotton Bowl. For the visiting team, Cotton Bowl. What memories that brings? Oh, the best field, best surface, best in the history surface ever in the history of Major even to this soccer. day. I think they had the Dallas Probably. Cup there with my son. Oh, really? Not long ago, and I didn't go, but he said, "Dad, the, they played inside the stadium." He didn't play, but oh. he went to see like the super group. Yeah, the under nineteens play there, and he said, "Dad, the, it was like a putting green." And I was oh, like, yeah, it's wow, amazing. what a memory! Still, still there. Um, and I remember they still remember that they had the horse, the <laughs> Dallas Burn horse, and I'll never forget there was a there was a sideline reporter. I was standing next to the Dallas Burn guy dressed up and on top of the white horse. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I am here with the Dallas Burn horse. <laughs> and she goes, horse? And she put the microphone to the horse's mouth. <laughs> and it was like, and back to you. Gim- I was like, gimmicky, informative. Gimmicky MLS. <laughs> Daniel Hernandez, who played with me in, in um, uh, the Metro Stars, yep. who's from Dallas. By the way, don't let Daniel Hernandez put the paws on you. On anybody, the he's, he's the best, right? The best. Pe- people talk about like tough guys in the league. He was he wasn't just a tough guy. Like he's a sweetheart, but <sighs> don't ever mess with. Daniel yeah, Hernandez. there's tough guys that portray something. Yeah. He didn't really portray something. He just had this glare. And he, he had this the last way word. about him, this yeah. swagger that was very intimidating. Mm. But when we were at the Cotton Bowl with that horse, that was during warm up, the horse, the the horse. He would be just literally. I'd Kicking be I'd be working on. Uh, yeah, I'd be dropping back three yards, jumping up, heading the ball, getting ready for the game, and we look over. His whole warm up consisted of driving balls 40 yards towards the horse and the guy trying to knock him down. And, and you know, it, like nowadays, if that happened nowadays in Walmart, oh my God. like right uh, away someone come over and be like, you can't do that, you know? Then we just all, oh the coaches were like on the edge of their seat yeah. placing bets. It was unbelievable. I got to know him because of Johnny uh, Torres. Johnny Torres, That's yeah. Why. He's at Creighton now, right? Yeah, he and yeah. Ross Pauly. Yeah. We both got those text messages from Ross. Ross Pauly's uh, one of the best human beings in the yep, world. He was. Uh, so so Cotton Bowl was what, the meanest or the funniest? No, funniest because they were mean. Yeah. I, I, I actually, when people would talk trash to me, mm-hmm. would talk ish to me, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious because I was like, bro, I'm not. Everything? Getting... There's never been a time that you've been 
No, because those can are I say targets. pissed off on this podcast? Of course. I can. Of course you can. I did already, uh, so. I mean, I had highlights. I looked like Sugar Ray from Mark McGrath. You know, like I, I, I was I was prancing around and pinging balls around. I could jump really high, and I, I was decent speed, I felt like. But mm-hmm. I wasn't like like you, like going to run through people, and like I wasn't going to mark my guy out of the game. It, it was for me, I was more of like – I was more of like a balanced type of center back, mm-hmm. um, and so when people talk, talk trash to me, I I thought it was genuinely hilarious. Yeah. Nobody ever got in my head like that, but I mean, I I enjoyed listening to them, and I'd giggle like if I'd kick the ball out of bounds and like yeah. you suck, Don Seth. I'd be like I know. <laughs> well, that stuff is. I yeah. can't believe I'm on this. Field that stuff's right hilarious. Now. <laughs> yeah. No, my funniest for sure, San Jose, 2010, my last year playing. I remember walking out. Remember, remember this old Spartan Stadium that you'd walk, and they had like these these that flimsy was my M- MLS debut. Wait, you're talking about Spartan Stadium? No, the San Jose State, or are you talking about the one in Santa Clara, Santa Clara, where it's the long walk? Yes, with from the, with, the with basketball the, with court. The fl- yes, yes. Yep, that, that yep, Spartan Stadium. Yep. No, okay. no, no, that's Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Yep. All right. So the flimsy gates with everybody there. I'll never forget. Uh, Brandy, Ch- Brandy Chastain eating hot dogs and yeah. handing out A and W root beer. But this one guy had. And it was my last year. I already knew I was retiring, um, and I was walking. And you know, a couple of guys next to him were like, "Hey, Pecky, you know, great career, this and that." And then the other guy, this guy, just says in the weirdest, like, hickey accent, which you wouldn't think San Jose North, has hicks or anything. You know? They do, huh? Northern yeah. California. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Pecky. Sure. Hey, Pecky, where, where's your walker? Was you that know? Bruce? Bruce was over there? I know. I just did a Bruce thing. I know because he got Bruce <laughs> on my mind. Jeez, I got to redo that. All right, rewind. <laughs> Pecky, where, where's your walker? And it was just so dumb, mm. but it was hilarious. And I yeah. literally went over there. I gave him a high five. We took, we took a picture. But the meanest fans, ironic because I played there, was D.C., my first four years in a league, New York Screaming versus Eagles, DC, Barbara. which was to me the best rivalry games I've ever yeah, been yeah, a part yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the things about my parents, the things about you know my wife, my kids. Before I had kids, I didn't even have kids; they didn't care. Was 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 unbelievable. But it but it but it drove me, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it gave me motivation. You have a little spat with them, you know, and it just raises your level a little bit. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But so, but okay, I respect I, them for that because once I got to DC, it you know I was a part of that then. Yeah. I actually, so there's a kid named Sean, and he was actually an employee of the San Jose Earthquakes. And he comes up to me, and I can't, it was it was one of the MLS Cup media member roundtable, grab drinks, whatever, um, that MLS puts on. And he comes up to me, and we're talking, and he introduces himself, and he's like, by the way, I've got the greatest Brian Dunseth story. And I was like, uh-oh. What did I do? With a hair salon I go, what did highlights? I do? And he goes... You were playing for the Miami Fusion. You guys came into town. It was at the old Spartan Stadium. And I was just this little punk 12-year-old kid who thought he was untouchable. And he's like, I just started F-bombing you. (laughs) And I was like... That seems to be the go-to with the American public. I go, I remember you. And he goes, yeah. Do you remember what you said? (laughs) And I go, hmm. I don't know if I want to remember what I said. And I totally didn't at the time. And he was like, you told me if I didn't shut the up that you were going to jump the fence and knock me out. And I was like, I said that? Yeah. That doesn't go along with what you just said. Yeah. I go, I said that? And he goes, oh, yeah, you said it. And I was like, really? I go, that doesn't sound like me. And he goes, oh, no. My friends immediately turned and were like, oh, you're about to get your ass whooped. (laughs) And he's like, to this very day, like, I hated you. I've never seen you fired up. I hate. I've been 
I mean, back in the day, Have I could you, probably Tyler, remember. Have you seen me fired up? Look at, look at Tyler. It looks like a basket case day. Look at his hair. Like he was putting his hands in his hair and just like squeezing them and ripping it out. When was the last time you saw me? He looks like a psycho, up. man. Uh, last time we were in Montreal. What did I do in Montreal? We had a conversation with somebody. That... Oh, somebody meaning me? No. Oh, Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Toronto. Oh, yeah. No, I got fired up in Toronto. <laughs> Toronto, Toronto would get me fired up, too. Yeah. No, that was a fun one. Ahoy, matey. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out one thing on my Twitter account. Okay. Um, anybody who sees Jay Leggett, at Jay Leggett 259 that uh, tweets at me, that's my college roommate, all right? And he is one of the greatest people ever, but he texted, he tweeted, wanted me to, wanted me to answer favorite toppings on my nachos. Now, that's oh. obviously a college story. Okay. So, Jay, I'm not going to what? address that right now. So, Mike now. Pecky, I was just... Uh... I was just tweeted, what is your favorite toppings on your nachos? <laughs> it just came in on my Twitter. That's Did not it really? true. No, not at all. No, but now Jay. I want to know exactly what No, what I want to say is give Jay a follow. He's an unbelievable dude. He's one of my closest friends. We call him the godfather. Um, but I will not. I'll answer that. Actually, anything without beans. I love all the toppings on nachos. Any type of meat, cheese, salsa, um, no beans, though. But that's all the uh, attention I'm going to give Jay. That's too bad. Jay, I'll talk to you in a couple days, all right, buddy? That's too bad. Yeah. Um, all right, here you go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Who is your go-to music after- Tribe Called Quest. Oh. After Tribe Called Quest. Well, set a mood for me. I'm a mood guy. I feel like last time we talked about this mood, it got <laughs> it got super awkward. Got a little weird. That was with, with Adele. With Laura, with Laura Harvey. Yeah, and, with Adele. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a broad okay. question. So Foo it, Fighters, I'm really into over the last get, If you're going to get, like, super focused, like, you need to... So I'm, I'm a music guy. Yeah. I put music to everything. Me, me as well. Everything. Like, I can't... I, like, even when I was studying back in high school, like, I Music's memorized music. Music's a soundtrack to my yeah. life, yep. So if you're going to prepare for an opponent... Oh, well, to get focused? That would be a cross-up between Bob Marley and perhaps, perhaps Don Henley. Okay. Don Henley sues me, yeah, you know, and he and he puts me in it puts me in a situation uh, that I'm focusing. Even though I'm listening to the music, I find myself kind of losing myself. Yeah, you know, it's a sultry voice, and uh, uh, that's what I would say. You know, and uh, unbelievable, just unbelievable guitar playing, uh, meaningful music. Yeah. Um, besides that, Stevie Nicks, you know, Stevie Nicks gets me in that in, in, in that moment. But Bob Marley, I would say, really relaxes me. So, do, do you still have Sirius XM? On your cars? Um, well, the the new car that we bought, that I thought we bought for the family, I've not driven in <laughs> since we bought it six months ago because apparently it's Kim's. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. So my my other car. Wait, no, you I just don't learned? Have. How long have you guys been married? Fourteen years? Uh, no, years? 17, seventeen. Going on eighteen. Yeah. We're going on thirteen. You, it, took, it took you 17, 16 years to figure out that when you buy a car, well, no, 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 it's going to be your wife's I've car. I've always known it, but but the competitor I am is I always think that you know it's going to change here. You know, I'm going to change. You don't it. just take the keys and roll with it. I have no chance, man. Really, zero chance. She hides the keys. No, she doesn't hide the keys. She just gives me the glare. Like you know, when I get up in the morning, it's you know when I leave, it's six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, and she's up you know having coffee, and I go to grab the keys. She gives me the look like you know you're taking the wrong keys. Yeah, and that's it. You know. Um, Let's take a quick time on the flip side. I want to. I want to do a deep dive into what you just say. Stay with us. We'll still have more to get off the chest when we get back. Welcome back. You're listening to Off the Chest with Pecky and Dunny. Uh, if you 
just joining us, which you won't be just joining us because we just took a break. Um, we were taking some of the tweets that have been coming in in the last 73 minutes since we've departed. I have a feeling you're going to drop something on me here. The Mike Pecky Coaches Show. Uh, by the way, you can contact, uh, contact us by sending a voice memo on your phone, sending it to digital at rsl.com. Voice memo, phone, send, digital at rsl.com. So, Mike. Yes, sir. I just got done asking you, what's your go-to music? Mm-hmm. By the way, I didn't ask you. So you don't you, you don't have Sirius in your car <coughs> that you drive in one of my cars. Okay, you're the one one we do. So if you were going to get into the car with Sirius XM, mm-hmm. lithium, what? lithium thirty-four channel thirty-four. All, have you tried Alt Nation? Oh yeah, I've tried Alt Nation, yeah. but lithium to me is. I mean, I even have my eleven-year-old. He's singing Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's yeah. singing uh, Nirvana. You know, all that stuff, Pearl Jam, and it's amazing to hear him. You know, sing all these the cars. I mean, yeah. he knows the cars. Who knows the cars? Yeah, you know. A, so see, I, I would have totally pegged you as a Disney guy, but that's just me. So Ryan Kiefer on Twitter was asking. <laughs> I was about to sing a Disney song. <laughs> I was literally just about to sing a Disney song. So Ryan Kiefer on Twitter is saying, "Give me your best Ben Olsen story." I replied back to him. I did already. Um, it's tough for me uh, in this forum. I will say that he is the gr- perhaps. When I think about teammates and people that I've played with, mm. it's such a broad to say that the greatest or the best. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, 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 you, you have to yeah. lump like ten, fifteen people because there've been so many. But he is he is among the best teammates, among the best locker room people um, that I've ever been around. Uh, we used to, we'd call him the animal. I'll keep it as as uh, PG as I could. We called him the animal mm. because he was the hairiest individual 100%. that I have ever. Scene. I mean, I've seen uh, TV shows. What was that? Malcolm in the Middle. You ever seen Malcolm in the Middle? Nope. Never one, one episode. episode. Well, the intro to Malcolm in the Middle at one point is the mother shaving the father's back and everything. It's just one of those weird shows. Wouldn't that be the that? Wouldn't that be the moment where you're like, I need to change this channel? No, that's the moment that you say, okay, DVR every one of these episodes because this is a pretty crazy. This is a pretty I, crazy I show. I love that I'm getting into the mind of Mike Pecky because. That took me in a really <laughs> it's just always reminded awful me of direction. Ben Olsen. He's okay. the hairiest individual I've ever met. 100%. So that, that that's might be without giving you a story, that might be the best fact about Ben Olsen besides being the best team, one of the best teammates, best locker room people, hairiest individual I've ever met, the animal. Under 20 and Olympic team. Mm-hmm. I spent 6 good years traveling the world with Ben Olsen. So is he hairy? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> He he could shave his chest and, and he would have a five o'clock shadow a shadow on his yeah. chest at ten a.m. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I've ne- the, he was like a woolly mammoth. And he has there's such a great oh he's the best disposition about him. You yeah. know, like everything's like you know so, hey you know. So I'll give you a quick story. We were with the Olympic team and we were playing a game in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Where was the qualifying down in Hershey for the Olympics, Concacaf qualifying? And for some reason. U.S. Soccer, like, does this whole presentation with Ben in his hometown. So me being the captain of the under-23 under national team, the Olympic team, I have to get up and say a few words. I hated doing that, Mike. I hated being that guy that was like, and I know you hate getting up and saying yeah, a I few do. words. So I get up and I was like, uh, I, I kind of want to bust Benny's, Benny's chops. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> I go, hey, everybody, Brian Dunseth uh, representing our team. Obviously, we're here because of... Middle, Middleton's own Ben Olsen. Like, we're so excited, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, give it up for Ben Olsen. And everyone's like, yay, Benny. And Ben walks up and he goes, it's Middletown, idiot. <laughs> so that's Ben. That's Ben right there. And I was like, oh, yeah, man. I thought it was Middleton. 
But I'll tell you, I mean, on a serious note, Ben's been with DC for how long now? Close to 10 years, Ooh, correct? 97. No, 98. 98. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking, oh, talking about, about coaching, coaching. now. Uh, 2010. So it's close to 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's nine years. And nobody gave him a shot. No one gave him a shot. Because when and he took over for Kurt Anolfo. He's had, he's had some incredible years, mm. which he's having now, and he's had some rough years. You know, and to see the loyalty that they stuff, because I feel that Ben is, I mean, just, just knowing him personally, having mm. a relationship with him, what a great coach he is, you 100%. know? But it all goes to what you have at your disposal, you know, on the year. Um, I think and, it was more an indictment of where the organization was and yeah. the struggles that DC United was in the midst of. Yeah. Ownership change, stuck in RFK, the stadium will never get done. Yeah. They'll never have real money to spend. And then all of a sudden, everybody looking <clears throat> at Benny saying, the amount of road games, Audi Fields opening up, yeah. shiny new stadium, but now the pressure's on. Yep. And all of a sudden, oh, Wayne Rooney's coming. <laughs> How's he going to manage Wayne? Ooh, Wayne Rooney doesn't know who Ben Olsen is. Yeah. And next thing you know, Wayne Rooney's name-checking Ben Olsen virtually every interview yep. because they instantly connected, and it changed the culture and the dynamic on and off the field. Second half of last year oh, into this year. Now, you know, you could say what you want about certain points this year, but um, I'm very, again, Betty's one of my closest friends in the league, um, and it's great to see what he's done there. Um, okay, so... You giving me some more questions Yeah. Here? What's... You, I, I know what you're going to say. Give me one or two more questions, because okay. I want to get back into something that I want to ask you. Okay. Uh, so, 101 Singer, we'll finish it up with, what's the nastiest rivalry game you participated in? Oh, 100%, without a doubt, was, um, I don't know the exact year. It was my first or second year, 1999, uh, Metro Stars versus DC. Was Lothar Mateus on the field? Um, no, so what, that 98. was 2000. That was 2000. 99, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 98, 99. That was the original Atlantic Cup rivalry, whatever the league named it. Mm. And it, you know, it was the beginning of the league. So a rivalry was established. It was our closest, um, you know, closest competitors. And it, it got nasty. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. tackles and, and, you know, scraps Well, that was the heyday. That was, that was the, the heyday, heyday of DC yeah. United. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the heyday, you know, the and, start of that dynasty. Yeah, and, and, and Metro Stars were still trying to look for some type of identity with so much turnover early. Yeah. That's that was the only real rivalry back then. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't remember. It was the only, I, but it I was organic. Recall, yeah, I don't recall any any rivalry. They call the Classico and San Jose and L.A. and all that. I, that, I don't no, remember that. Never. Yeah, no, well, that was just a West Coast thing. Yeah, I mean, nobody. They they weren't real. There was rivalry. no national TV then. Yeah, well, <laughs> I only watched my market teams. U- Univision, Univision two <laughs> o'clock days. kickoffs on yeah. Sundays. Oh my gosh, remember that? No, that, no, that, was, that was it, no, it wasn't Univision. What was the other one? UDN or so, is that no. Univision? It was just something else. Um, yeah. No, so I, I want to get back into, on your side, I did a lot of talking on the show, which okay. just, which just uh, completed not long ago. I want you to give me your, uh, as far as politics and sports, mm. you know? I mean, I, I spoke a lot about that I'm not very political. Yep. Doesn't mean that I'm not political in life. I choose not to speak out politically. Yeah. And the reasons I gave, people have to check out the show on KSL app, um, sponsored by Xfinity. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, um, but what's your view on on that? You know, I mean, from the, from the early days so, of Muhammad Ali, yeah. you know, up until Colin Kaepernick, yeah, everything in between. So, uh, I my backstory is a little bit different than a lot of. I mean, everyone's got their own backstory, right? But so, I'm the son of a proud gay man. Um, he and my mother were married. They got a divorce early. I stayed with my mom. My dad moved to Visalia. Then. Um, then up to San Francisco, now resides in Palm Springs. Um, mom remarried. I have a stepbrother, stepsister. And through all the midst of this, watching kind of this this 
cultural adjustment um, with regards to the AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. having a father that was HIV positive, um, being so close to him and watching so many of his 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 friends and his group die, uh, watching the pushback from kind of the general public to the gay community, uh, specifically in Northern California, and then to be a professional athlete. And always kind of treading this line of trying to figure out who I was, what my voice was, how I wanted to use my voice, and and more importantly, how I could be supportive of my father and his friends that were that I was so close to, um, and individually watching them because of this horrible disease uh, pass away, to the point where my father actually had to leave San Francisco because it was just too hard for him, because his his, his peer group, his friend group, um, died. We're dying, and so yeah. yeah, he had to move, he moved down to. Palm Springs and it resided ever since. So imagine I'm a 21 year old professional soccer player. I'm in the midst of being on the under 20 national team, the under 23, the Olympic team kind of forging my path in this world of MLS where we're not sure each and every year if we're, if we're going to continue or we're going to contract or, and die um, in terms of another league. And in the midst of it, I'm, I'm, we didn't have a voice like we do today, yeah. right? There, there wasn't, there wasn't stories to tell. There weren't stands to really take. Everything in terms of information share was so far behind of obviously where we're at today. So more and more as social media came on, I was less interested in promoting myself. I was talking about my clothing line at the time, Bumpy Pitch, the websites, the original winger, um, the Terrace Club, the subscription boxes. I was I was more interested in building brands per mm-hmm. se as opposed to myself. And it wasn't until about three years ago that I finally got into social media and created at Brian Dunseth and started be, you know, doing my own stuff. But even with the way that I do my social media, like I know you follow me and you've probably seen it. I'm more of an information share yep. as opposed to putting my own stuff out there. Because yeah. You're an information share and a, I don't want to use the word reactionary person because mm. you, you answer questions, you yep. know, and you answer them very cleverly at times. I bust chops. Yeah, as far yeah. as putting out a brand right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and so where I found myself kind of operating in the realm of not so much political, but more so in how can I be proud of who I am yeah. with my children? How, think- how, can I, how can I start making statements both publicly and privately in a way that my children can understand kind of the moral compass that I'm trying to treat them I think teach that, them? That's what, it, like I said in the show, um, social issues mm-hmm. to me – are much more important at this at, at this time and age. That, that's just my than opinion. Political. Agreed. Than a political. Political to me in America is such a mess right now, you know. And that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't. And, and you could argue that I don't know enough about politics. I listen to talk shows on my way to work. I don't listen to music hardly anymore, to be honest with you, until mm-hmm. the nighttime. Uh, it's, it's all these, these talk shows. Um, but political, uh, social issues. I mean, are to me. I don't want to use. I'm trying to think of the word here. Something that that holds more true in my heart, mm. you know. When I feel that people are being persecuted for their beliefs, 
You know, like I, I feel an obligation, not as anybody in the social, you know, in, in the public eye or anything like that, just as a human being. Yeah. To stand up and say, wait, hold on for a second. I know what perhaps the Bible says that was written how many thousands of years ago. Mm. You know, I know what the stance of this party is at right now. But but how do I feel in my heart? Mm. You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. That, yeah. That's always the way that I go. You know, what does it matter to me what this person believes in as long as it's not harming anybody physically, you know, or anything like that? Is that wh- wh- why why wouldn't I be good to that person or support that person? 100%. You know, and that, and that to me is, and when we talk about political, that's why I asked the question. So let me follow it up with this. <clears throat> Would you feel comfortable? And if you do or not, if you say, yes, I do, this is not the point of it. I don't want, I don't, when you're not allowed to say it. Yeah. This is just a, because I don't feel comfortable. Would you feel comfortable saying who you voted for in last election? Would you feel comfortable how you feel on the abortion mm. thing? Would you feel comfortable of how you feel on uh, the Mueller report, you know, yeah. and all this stuff? Because I don't, and I'll tell you why I don't, is because we talked about in the show is that I feel that, and I'm not scared of this. I just don't want to put myself and my family in some sort of situation that, you know, next time we're at a game that people are chanting against me and yeah. have signs up say Mike's a leftist or Mike's a rightist or yeah. Mike's, you know, Mike supports Trump or Mike supports Obama, you yeah. know, whatever it is. And I don't want to get myself into that because, A, I don't, I don't know nearly enough about mm-hmm. politics to be in that forum. And, B, uh, it just it's such a mess right now. That's the way I feel. Yeah, I I don't think I've, outside of my core friends, a core group of friends that we all hang out, and it's a very kind of, it's it's an interesting and eclectic group of friends that we've had primarily because of our children, because my, my family's still in Southern California. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my, my wife lost her, her sister and her father. Mm. Um, and so a majority of our kind of like support system and structure here is built around our children and our and our and and the friends that we've, we've become. Um, in terms of, your question, who I vote, it's not, no, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I don't know if I'm, if I could figure out a way to intelligently back up the reasons as to why, if yeah. I was pressed on that, the subject. That's a, that's a great, yeah. a great way to explain it. I think that's part of why I choose not to speak mm. politics yeah. because I don't have this. And we said it's such show, an inflammatory situation. But right you now. have one side. Yeah. One side saying a statement based off of X Mm -hmm. and the other side making a completely opposite statement based off of X. Mm -hmm. This side, the first side has all the facts. The second side has all these other facts. And you're sitting here saying, well, who the hell is right? Who the hell is right? You know, and and to me, it's just I I don't want to go down that slippery slope because like you said, you know, very simply, I don't know enough about it. Yeah. I have my beliefs, but I don't know enough about the, uh, you know, the, the the very specifics about politics. The the one thing, um, so growing up in Southern California, my grandparents were convert Mormon, so I grew up around the Mormon Church. Wow, I I, I that's interesting. And then yeah, you came to playing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's why when I got the phone call, it kind of always made sense because my grandfather going home family. Yeah, my papa. Well, my papa and nana, my nana and papa, I was so close to them growing up. Back to the motherland. They had come. I had never been here. I'd, I had no idea what Salt Lake City was about, but I knew the moment that I had that opportunity that even though there were contract offers on the table, that this made sense. It made mm-hmm. sense because John Ellinger was the Olympic coach under 20 uh, assistant coaches for both of those teams. Um, and it was just, yeah, this is my life path. Yeah. Because the, the way I looked at my career, it was like a train. I was just going to different stations. People jump on, people get off, but I was still just chugging along, figuring out like, 
oh, I like this place. Oh, I'll check this place out. Oh, it's time to move. I have no, I have no option. I yeah. got to go. So when I got here, gorgeous, love everything about the city. Didn't like the liquor laws. I thought the, <laughs> uh, what'd you have to, what, what were they called? Uh, not the sidecar. Oh, but you, you had, had to be sponsored. You, you had to buy, you had the, buy the permit. Membership. You, had to, yeah. you had to be. $15 to, it was. Yeah, Or if you had a buddy, it was like five bucks for the membership and all that fun stuff. Um, and it just missed waves. I didn't have a beach. I mean, we have beaches. Jordan L. I go Land to Jordan Lock. L. Landlock is not fun when you're from the coast. But thankfully, we you become friends with guys that have boats and you can go wake surfing behind their boats and kind of replicate all that. Yeah. But in the midst of this, now I'm putting down roots and now I have children. Yeah. So... I'm less I guess I'm less interested in making political statements per se but I still am when you and I have done it on multiple occasions I would rather make equality statements yeah, social equality me too well I don't care about your religion I don't care about the color of your skin I don't care about your sexual orientation yeah. I don't care I'm only going to judge you based on how you treat me yeah. how you treat others yeah. and the moment that I think you're uh, in the wrong or disrespectful, then I'm going to wipe you out. Like, yeah. I'm going to wipe you off. You're, I don't want anything to do with you. But in the midst of this, it just doesn't make sense to me how we as human beings can judge other human beings without any knowledge of walking at any path in, in their shoes, of understanding how they got to this point just based on their religion, the color yeah. of their skin, their sexual orientation, or... Uh, women equality, pay equality, yeah. whatever it may be. So I think I'm 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 way more comfortable to your original question, going down that path and having those conversations and explaining why to me it's important for the equality conversation, as opposed to I voted for Trump or yep. I voted for Hillary or I voted for Bernie or you know I think that for me is much more comfortable. Well, there, there, there was a statement. <clears throat> excuse me. There was a statement. I have a cough button here, Ryan. I'm sorry. I, I'm still not used to the this. Red button. And um, to end this one, um, there was a statement lately. I don't know who it was from. I heard it on the radio. I'm not going to tell you what the topic was. but And I'm not going to tell you what the party was. It yeah. was from one of the two major parties. You could figure out which one you could guess. And it said, if you're not for this issue, you are not this does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it didn't make sense to me because of what I talked about earlier. It might have been the show or it might have been here is that I, I've been called a walking contradiction for my friends and family. Mm. You know, is that I could see, I, I'm like a la carte. I could take from the Republican Party and say, yeah, I like that. Take from the Democrat, Democratic Party and say that. The Independent Party, the this party, the that party. But that's party. the reality of, when but, we're but, talking about the political scene right now. But the political scene right yeah. now is so opposite of that. It's fractured. It's so fractured. You know, and, and it's more about undercutting the others yeah. than to come together, you know, and say, okay, we have our differences, blah, 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 this and that. But let's how, how are we going to move forward as a country? Yeah. And that's the one thing that I can't understand and if I can't understand it how can I navigate that for my kids or mm. or you know or talk about with my kids like that whenever they ask me about Donald Trump or Barack Obama or whatever side of the of the of the political party I'm like uh well, let's watch SpongeBob yeah I mean <laughs> I, I I go back and I think about my grandfather and his affiliation and what the wh what it is now versus the way he saw his his, his affiliation I mean he his party it's not what my grandfather kind of held so his such strong core values about yeah. being because it, it it's just fractured time. So yeah. it's just a it's a wild ride. But I still think a, a worthy conversation. So I'm just going to end this topic yeah. on uh, something you talked about your grandfather. Yeah. So I'm just going to go to a question which I thought I responded on Twitter to uh, Wow, great question will be answered. 
because you're going to make sense in a second talking about my grandfather. It's from Bo at Captain Bo 007. That's question, my boy, Bo in Alabama. That's your boy? Uh-huh. All right, Bo in Alabama. Uh, the question was, one person, dead or alive, you'd mm-hmm. most like to spend the evening drinking with? And you just hit a topic because as soon as he said that, uh, it took about four seconds for me to think this is definitely the answer. It's my grandfather's. I've never met my grandfather's. Really? My both of my grandfathers. My dad's grandfather died when he was thirteen, I believe. Oh. And my mom's Your dad's father. My dad's father, dad. I'm sorry. My dad. dad's father died when he was thirteen. Okay. My mom's father died when he she was, I believe, seventeen or eighteen. Okay. So I never knew them, never knew really much about them. And uh the one of the first things I thought about when he said that is Maybe I was thinking about my parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was like I'd love to sit down with my grandparents, one yeah. one of them, my my grandfather's, and learn about my parents that maybe they never told me about growing up in this yeah. and that. Yeah. So you no, just you just, awesome. you just hit a. You know, how about you? Um, yeah. As you were talking, my initial one was Bob Marley, but then I went to yeah, it had to be. You know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go personal. Um, I've been talking about it. it it's Your dad. it's no, it's the coach of the Olympic team in 2000, Clive Charles. Clive Charles, legend. So my, I actually named my son Micah Clive. His middle name is named wow. after Clive. He had that much of an impact oh, on you. Oh, man, I'm telling you, Mike. Everybody's got a story. Anytime anyone talks about Clive, um, <clears throat> to this day, I haven't been able to go back and watch a single game from the Olympics. Wow. Because he passed away. It cuts you up that much. Oh, dude. Woo. That's amazing, you know, yeah. because it, for, for a lot of people don't have uh, somebody you know, like I know your relationship with your dad, mm-hmm. and you know, and all that, and your mom, my stepfather, and, yeah. yeah, stepfather. But so that—that's a number of people well, you have, but not many people have even one person who could touch their lives like that. That's amazing. I, I think with Clive in particular it was that you had a coach, an amazing coach, a guy, a guy X's and O's could teach you, and 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 could give you the 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 ability to internalize everything to understand where you're at, where your reality was and how you got better and your accountability and, and looking in the mirror and, and, and holding yourself accountable. Um, but then being able to connect with every player and, and, in a and, and this wasn't for every player, but for him, but for every player to feel like they've created an organic relationship with him and that he cared about me, you yeah. know, like to have that, that, that feeling, I think was really incredible. And just to travel the world. I mean, here I was away from my family. And whether we're going to Malaysia or we're going to South Korea or we're going to Germany or we're going to France or we're going to Portugal or we're going to Australia for the Olympics. All of these places, <clears throat> you're you're you have this brotherhood, you have this camaraderie, and you have this father figure who you know, people die or relationships break, you know, fall apart, people cheat on each other. All, and he was always there. You could just yeah. be like, do you got five minutes? And being his captain, I felt as though I had kind of insider access to him. Um, so when – and he he really helped me navigate my career in a lot of really difficult stages. Um, but then to have him personally call me and tell me about his diagnosis with cancer um, and just just to know him, it was, it was devastating. And, you know, we, we all lost somebody, but I think more importantly – the United States lost a coach, such a, a, a an incredibly valuable and knowledgeable piece within the structure of the game here in the U.S. Um, that it's just devastating to think about how many people didn't get to know him yeah. and the impact that he had. So yeah, I'd say Clive because he's one of the one of the most hilarious bastards you'll ever meet. Just always laughing, busting chops, 
And he's the one that gave me Dunny. Until we got on an airplane in Australia, and the guy's like, mate, why do they call you Dunny? And I was like, well, Dunn says my last name. And Clive was sitting next to me, and I hear him kind of, <laughs> and uh, he goes, oh, you might want to think about that. And I was like, why is that? And he's like, mate. And I was like, what? He goes, it's an outhouse. It's where you take a dump. It's a Dunny. And I was like, huh. And I look at Clive, and he goes, oh, yeah, I knew. And I was like, thanks a lot, buddy. I'm, I'm gonna. I have nothing to say there, Brian. I mean, that was that was a great story. To be honest with you, I, ne- I never knew Clyde, Clive. Um, but uh, I have nothing to say there. It's well well said, and it's a great story. So uh, let, let's bring it back. Has Mike Pecky ever been fly fishing with Kyle Beckerman? Never. Really? I was invited. You turned him down? No, I didn't turn That's him rude, down. Mike. I was invited along God. with the rest of the players and the staff, and uh, that Kyle wanted to get the team together to do that, and I thought it was better to have him with. The team. The players and whatever staff wanted to come without me there. And I know it was a genuine invite. Yeah. You know, and I have visions of, of uh, fly fishing with Kyle at some point in the future. Because okay. I know he's an aficionado oh, yeah. of fly fishing aficionado. and dedicated. I like that. Uh, but that wasn't time. Uh, I already know this answer. Uh, by the way, that was Chris Hale's uh, question. Uh, Fake Salt Lake, RSL boy, saying uh, favorite place to eat. Fake Salt Lake. Um, Takashi. Okay. 100%, hands down, um, seven days a week. That's amazing. That's where I'd be. That's good. Uh, Dixie Ute saying, what customs, what Utah customs has Mike picked up, adopted, or hated? Hence, Um, French fry sauce, saltwater taffy. I haven't had that. Or uh, not saying their teas properly in the state of Utah. I would say going to the liquor store on Saturday and not waiting until Sunday when realizing that you have no wine to sit out in the back <laughs> when, when, when you're running out of it. That that would probably be the most thing that I've gotten accustomed to. Uh, last one, Sean Blymiller saying, favorite books or vacation spots? Wow. Vacation spot is interesting because um, I, I can name a couple. However, because we only have six weeks, basically, no, basically two or three weeks around Christmas every year to go on a vacation, we've made a conscious effort for the last six, seven years to go to different spots. Mm. So I never really repeat it. But my family and I, one of our favorite vacations was to Puerto Rico, and it was so out. It was Rincon. It was so not what, This was this last break. No, this was maybe like Four years ago. Okay. It was one of those vacations that's no frills. Okay. It was a you know a very modest hotel in, in an area that wasn't very built up, uh, but it was just awesome. Soccer on the beach with the kids, yeah. local food, you know. And I and just it, got there. I just got to San Juan this year. I see. We didn't, I took the kids we didn't on the cruise. Near, we didn't go anywhere near San Juan. It was just a day. Wife yeah. threw her back out, so she stayed with the baby and her mom <laughs> on the boat. And I took the two. But it was Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Yeah, we got off the boat Christmas Day in San Juan, and we just explored for five hours. Yeah, this place was off the beaten path, and it was our neighbors, uh, Jim and Susie Curcio, back in Middletown, New Jersey, that go there every year. Middletown or Middletown? Middletown okay. with D's. Just making sure. Okay? Just making uh, sure. Yeah, that was probably our favorite, uh, the kids' favorite spot, which blew me away, because here I am spending tons of money going to uh, you know, Bahamas and Hawaii with the kids, and all they wanted was... And Africa. And Africa, of course, but that was another story. But, um, wow, I forgot Africa. 
How could you? You you had you had what were they edible underwear you had to take with you? <laughs> was it edible? disposable underwear? Oh, I always get those wrong. You could pack it's weird twenty five of them. Twenty five pairs of edible underwear. A three inch square space. They fold it down and you throw them out. Was it like fruit by the foot? Listen, for, Africa was on a different <laughs> level. Like talk about fa- favorite vacation spots. I think of places that you go to nonstop. Mm. Like Puerto Rico, you know, it's a Can we go to Cabo every year. Cabo, yeah, yeah, Mexico, Aruba, whatever it is. Uh, Africa was once in a lifetime. So of course. Africa's the top of the list, and it's one thing that I don't think we'll ever get back to. Um, but it was that was life changing, life changing. I, I guess, and, and this is more of an indictment on on me, but I just can't imagine looking at those animals and ever wanting to put a bullet or an arrow through them. I grew- I, and, and I know that's a it's a it's a very sensitive subject for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm not a hunter, nor will I ever act like. But if I'm providing for my family, obviously it's a different different story. It's a different conversation. But I, man, I just I watch all of these shows, and they're just uh, everything's so just majestic. This Africa trip was, uh, I can't explain it to you. I mean, I grew up in, I grew up with hunters. Mm. You know, my dad was a hunter, still is. You know, uh, but but with duck hunter, mm. duck hunter, and and and, and great game. The ducks, yeah, the ducks always go either home to eat or to somebody else to eat. Um, and I, I fell out of love with it. Uh, as I left the house at at seventeen years old, mm. and I never went back to hunting. And I'm not a I'm not an activist here whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just not you know, thing. It's, that's not my thing. Yeah. You know, it's not my thing. And I, I I respect people who do it for the right reasons, and 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 it's not just for trophy hunting type mm. thing, which is not what my my family's about. Um, not AK forty seven. No, no, not just a not just to shoot and take pictures and yeah. put, you know and just kill an innocent life. It, it goes to and again I, I will say this in Long Island the the duck population is 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 rampant, you know so that's why they have certain seasons and stuff. So um, aside from that, to answer your question, going to see the in Africa, I could never imagine. How does it compare to ice bowling? What going to Africa and seeing see, animals like that? What would you rather do? See. Uh, do another on a safari? daily basis yeah. or on a safari yearly basis. or ice bowling daily basis or yearly basis daily basis is is for sure throwing pucks on a yearly basis I couldn't go to the I couldn't go to the Serengeti on a daily basis yeah. you know it would it would lose its 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 spunk it would lose its you know beauty yeah. you know seeing it all the time but I could sh- I could I could mop the mop the ice on a daily basis for sure on the local lake uh, by the way if I gave you an option of a mountain bike or go for a trail run. Mountain bike. Utah. mountain bike. Mountain bike. Do you have a mountain bike? Um, I have. I had one. It's back in Jersey still. I don't have one here. I don't run, Bry. I ran for 13 years. I ran for actually 38 years. I'm done with running. By the way, okay. La- last time I was out at Harriman, this is a co- this is a, oh, this is going to date. I the did last- actually do a run. Right? I know. Yeah. And you came up and you were limping after your run, <laughs> and I was like, "What happened?" Well, Freddie, you gave me this look like you know what happened. But I was running with Freddie, and I couldn't tell if like you stubbed your toe or pulled your calf. Today I walked out in the field for training. Yeah. And I walked down the steps that go literally it's a lot about of steps. 20 steps. It's yeah. about 20 steps, zigzag down. And by the time I got down, I was talking to one player, and I got to Freddie, and I said, I think I, I, think I did my Achilles. And he kind of <laughs> laughed. And I, and I, I it was just I'm not joking. Just, I didn't really, you know, but I started feeling the pain. And then once I say something like that, because I felt a little something, now it's in my mind. Mm. My Achilles is done. So now it's hurting more and more during practice. I don't run, man. Who runs? Am I running I for do. the cops? I run. The only time I'm going to run, run is if someone's chasing me with a gun. I run. All right? You want to know why I run? Why? Because I'm messed up in the head, Mike. Um, No, Mike. Because if I don't work out every day, I literally like have guilt. 
So you're a psycho. No, I no you no you're a psycho. So I'll tell you really quick. I, I was telling Tyler, I woke up this morning from five thirty to seven. Every five minutes, I did eight pull-ups. Every oh, five I heard. minutes. You so then I went to a workout class, circuit class. I'm the only dude in there, and I'm sweating uncontrollably. Like, it's disgusting. And I'm, like, having to be apologetic to each and every woman that walks next to me. Like, and I'm, like, I've, I've dry towel is, like, sopping wet, too. It's disgusting. So then I get home, and my wife's on a field trip, so I take the baby, and the baby's got to take a nap. And I don't want to lay in the bed because it's boring <laughs> to, like, help the baby take a nap because he sleeps with us. So I put him in the stroller. Next thing I know, 45 minutes later, I'm at the end of a five-mile run through the mountain. And you know what? I felt great, Mike. You did. You I hear- felt like I accomplished something well, today. Honestly, I would do anything to put myself in that mindset. I really would. I commend you for that. Do you know one of the three things that I thought when I woke up this morning immediately? Soccer. 5.45, the alarm went off. The first thing I thought of, how many times can I snooze this? And the answer is always zero. Mm. Second thing I thought of. Does Kim punch you if you don't? If if it keeps going on, no. Kim's alarm probably go, uh, goes off the same time, if not before me. Oh, oh she's, she's up and she's at him. She's gone. Yeah, she's yeah. a machine. Second thing that comes is, man, do I have? To, am I taking the kids to school today, or is Kim? The third thing comes to mind yeah. this week is, all right, how am I going? How are we going to defend against the best possession team in the league in Atlanta mm-hmm. United this Friday? Mm-hmm. And that that varies every week. Last week it was Toronto, yeah. third best possession team. Yeah, you know, unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't imagine waking up and saying, I'm going to go crunch out 85,000 crunches, and I'm going to sweat like a pig, and then I'm going to run two miles, yeah. and then I'm going to do take a hike above my house in Olympus Cove. I'm going to do, Ma- I'm, I'm gonna do Mount Olympus this weekend. couldn't imagine it. But when I played- Do you want to do it with me? No. Not, not, I told I'm, you. One day you're going to say yes. If you get me one of those- I've, I've asked you a yoga. Get me I've a cart a or a go-kart. Bike, I'll, I'll follow hiking. you. Yeah. Zero chance. I'll bring baby wipes just in if you case take a, you if have take to go to the bathroom. I'll play basketball. You know, I'll, I'm active when, when something's involved as far as an end Com- goal. Competition? Yeah, competition. I'll play golf, like I said, with two golf balls. I shut balls off my competition a, a long time ago. We should come up with, you know, we should play some pucks, man. What Play pucks? Is that the ice bowling thing? Yeah, ice bowling. Where, where does one it. ice bowl in Utah? Don't worry about it. I got a place. I got a guy. Got yeah. a connection, all right? All right. We'll all talk right. about that off air. You, you got, but, but, I don't want to say it on air because people will just swarm there and then it won't, won't be good. Okay. Uh, by the way, on Reddit. I listened, uh, you enjoy via the Real Salt Lake Reddit page. I listened to everything. I listened to the entire show. I really enjoyed the introspective look into the mind of Mike Pecky. Uh, Eviden Sane saying, Dunseth does the better impression, hands down. Who said that? Uh, Eviden Sane. All right, Eviden Sane, you're blocked. Albert Nasty 42 saying, hey, Mike, your impression sucks. Your team sucks. Brilliant, Pecky. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we end the show I tonight. love it. Mike Pecky. Episode two, Off the Chess with Mike Pecky, Brian Dunseth. I remember, if you want to ask us a question, contact, send us, voicemail, phone, our, uh, digital at rsl.com. Send a voice memo on your phone over to digital at rsl.com. Off the Chess, RSL Podcast Network production, collaboration with KSL, recorded at KSL Studios in Salt Lake City, Utah, produced by Ryan Hale. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and we'll let you know when Spotify finally lets us in. Let us in, Spotify. Tribe, call, quest, represent, represent. Yeah.